But for the last couple of weeks, Pastor Thomas has uh, taught us through the Word of God the importance of a relationship with the Holy Spirit. He's taken us through the Scriptures where in red letters, Jesus himself has stressed the importance of the Holy Spirit, who he was going to, uh, to send to us once he ascended into heaven to be seated at the right hand of God the Father. And he told his disciples this in the book of John chapter 16, but when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you of what is yet to come. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father God, thank you so much for your word. We thank you, Lord God, that uh, this word is going to be a good seed sown in the fertile soil of our spirit. I ask that you would empower your word, Lord God, that you would lead us and guide us into all truth, Lord God, and tell us of things that are yet to come. In Jesus' name, amen. So as I was preparing for this message, uh, I, was, I opened my, my Fresh Start Bible here, this, and I was looking in, uh, at this particular scripture, 1 Kings 19, that we're going to get to in just a minute. And there's a commentary in the Bible, in this Bible, and it says this is the way God speaks. And it, it, it's not an exhaustive list, but it gives, it gives 10 ways that God speaks to us. And uh, here, the, one, the, the number one is circumstances. God will speak to you through circumstances. Uh, number two, he'll, he'll speak to you through counsel, the counsel of others. He'll speak to you through peace. Uh, he'll speak to you through other people prophetically to minister words of wisdom and knowledge. And then he'll speak through dreams and visions. He'll speak uh, through your thoughts, through the earth, through nat natural manifestations in the earth. He'll speak in supernatural ways as well. And he'll speak, obviously, through the word of God. And then finally, which is the topic of the message today, he speaks through the whisper. And so I want to talk about that uh, this morning. And uh, listen... As I said a minute ago, Jesus has ascended, and he's, God is on the throne. Would we agree with that? Yes, God is on the throne. And Jesus is seated at his right hand. Would we agree with that? So when he was seated at his right hand, he sent to us the Holy Spirit. Okay, and the Holy Spirit was, as the scripture just says, is going to lead you and I to guide us into all truth. He's only going to speak to us what he hears the Father and the Son saying to us, and he's going to tell us things that are yet to come. Now, this is a big deal. Would you say amen? amen. The reason it's a big deal is because we, you and I, are able to hear Holy Spirit speak. We're able to hear what he is saying. When you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, when you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, you had the opportunity to receive Holy Spirit into your life. He began to speak to your heart. He began to lead you from one direction into another direction. He fills you with power, and he releases us the promises of God's word, helping us to live to our fullest, fullest potential in Christ Jesus. Now, if Holy Spirit is going to do that in your life, you can rest assured there's going to, you have an enemy who's going to try to prevent that, prohibit that personal relationship with the Holy Spirit from growing, okay? And so today I want to share with you a couple of descriptors of Holy Spirit and to connect with that, with how he speaks to us. Then I want to finish up with how we posture ourselves to be able to hear what he's trying to say to us, how he's going to lead us, how we cultivate a holy, uh, relationship with God by his spirit. So uh, the, the, some of the descriptors, this Holy Spirit has been described as a dove. 
He, he, he descended like a dove when Jesus was being baptized. He was described as a violent wind at Pentecost. And then there, he was described also as uh, tongues of fire that were alighted on the people at Pentecost. He's also described there as, uh, uh, as a gift that was given uh, by God. But first and foremost, first and foremost, the Holy Spirit is God. He is part of the tr Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It's vital for us as believers to understand that he is God, and it's vital for us to understand that we need to learn to hear his voice and the way that he speaks to us individually. And in order to do that, one of the first things that we need to do is sort out the voice of the Holy Spirit from all the competing voices that are around us. And I'm just going to give you three of them. The first one is our own carnal nature speaking to us, our soul speaking to us, our, our, our desires, or what we want, how we want to do things. That's the first voice that speaks to us. That's competing with the voice of the Spirit. The second one is the enemy. The enemy is trying to speak to you. He's trying to plant seeds of doubt and, and guilt and shame and fear and all those types of things. That's the second voice that's competing. And then finally, we have the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to us. But in order to hear him clearly, we have to tune out the other voices. Now, in my family, uh, we have a subscription uh, on, our, on our phone uh, uh, to uh, some of my, my kids have uh, Spotify and, and Beth and I we, use, I, we have an iTunes subscription to listen to music. And I think we have iTunes because we're older and we don't understand Spotify. So anyway, we have these uh, subscriptions to music. And what I love about this subscri subscription is that when, we, when I'm driving, when I'm on the road, I can put on uh, music, uh, a certain playlist, a certain group or whatever it is that I want to listen to, and I can listen to it uninterrupted. And I love that. Whether it's, you know, Maverick City or 80s hair bands or anything like that, Yes, I'm that old, I know. But anyway, we can listen to that type of music uninterrupted. And so Beth, when we, we take trips, I like to drive, and Beth is like, um, if you get tired, uh, let me know, and I'll, and I'll drive for you. And I'm like, man, as long as I got my 80s hair bands, I'm good to go for hours, you know what I'm saying? So I just put that music, and it's uninterrupted. But every now and then when I get into my vehicle, if it doesn't pair very quickly, all of a sudden the radio comes on, and I'm listening to the radio. So I'm like, okay, I'll listen to the radio. And... The thing I don't like about the radio is there's so many interruptions. First and foremost, there's commercial after commercial after commercial, and I'm like, man, I just want to listen to the music that I want to listen to. And then when finally the music starts, the DJ's speaking over the first part of the song. You know what I'm saying? He's just speaking to him. I'm like, shut up. I like this song. I want to hear the song. But he's, he, so I don't like the interruptions, and so I, I'm, I gladly pay, pay for the, free, uh, for the uh, subscription so I can listen to music uninterrupted. Listen, the Word of God is your free subscription to listen to God anytime that you would like to. Right. Totally uninterrupted. But you have to learn to distinguish the voices that are around you and how to silence them so that you can hear and plug in and listen to what God is trying to speak to you through His Word. Amen? Amen. 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 So you're there in 1 uh, Kings 19? Yes? Say amen. 1 Kings 19. This is where the Lord is appearing to Elijah, but let me, let me back up a little bit and tell you what was happening. Elijah has just uh, had an encounter with the prophets of Baal, and he's destroyed all of them. And so after this destruction of all these, of these uh, false prophets, Jezebel says, uh, to, 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 sends a message to Elijah, says, I am going to kill you. 
Now, Elijah has done all these amazing feats. He's destroyed all these prophets. But at the word of Jezebel, I'm going to kill you, he begins to run. He begins to flee the situation, and he's found now in a cave. And there in the cave, God appears to Elijah. Now, let me, let me tell you this about this, uh, the, word, the name Elijah. Like most names, there's a biblical meaning that you can, be, can be found in a lot of names. And in the Bible, every name had a specific meaning. And Elijah's name is an incredible, uh, has an incredible meaning, and it means my God is Jehovah. And that's important. So Elijah, when you see the word Elijah, it translates it to my God is Jehovah. In the, in the Hebrew, it's Eliyahu, and in uh, the Greek, it's Elias. And so it's my God is Jehovah. That's important, and we'll get to that in just a second. And so the word of the Lord came to him, and it says this, what are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant. They've torn down your altars and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. Let me stop right there. I want to show you something. Through the wind, through the earthquake, and through the fire, it says the Lord was not in those things. Why is that important? Why is it significant? Well, here's why. Because in times past, the Lord spoke in those ways. And Elijah was aware of how the Lord spoke in those ways. In Exodus 14, when he was delivering the people of God through Israel, uh, from, Israel, uh, from Pharaoh, he was taking Israel out. They were, they were at the Red Sea. And it said, the word there is ruach. He, the, the wind came in such a powerful way that it divided the sea so that the Israelites were able to go on dry land. Breath is that word that word means. So it's like the breath of God parted the Red Sea and they were able to cross over. There was deliverance and salvation when God spoke with his breath. The earthquake, the thunder, the lightning, and the smoke that happened in Exodus chapter 20 when God gave the word of God, the, the Ten Commandments, to Moses. He, he gave the word, uh, those words to Moses and he commanded them. And this is, what, this is what was interesting. There was an earthquake, there was smoke, there was fire, there was thunder, and there was lightning. And the people of God says, don't let God speak to us or we're gonna die. And in, in verse 21 of Exodus 20, it says, the people stood far off, but Moses drew near to the thick darkness where God was. Now, this is a whole, that's, this is a whole separate message, but I want to share this with you, and hopefully you'll, this will resonate with some of you. Some of you feel like you're surrounded by darkness right now. There's a heaviness that's coming into your life. There's, a, there's an opposition. There's, there's something there that's coming against you. Even in that darkness, I want you to understand God is there. God is with you. In the darkest of dark, God is with you. He's, his word says he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He is with you always. So if you're in that place today, understand God is with you. But that's a whole other message. We won't talk about that today. 
So there's the earthquake. And by the way, here's, here's what Paul says, says about this in Hebrews. Be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. When God spoke from Mount Sinai, which is what we just read uh, here, where the, the Israelites are saying, we don't, don't let him speak to us, he shook the earth. But now he makes another promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means all of creation uh, will be shaken and removed so that only unshakable things will remain. So listen, when you're being shaken, hold on to the shaker. Hold on to God. Because he's trying to shake things out of your life. He's trying to remove some things. He's bringing your word, his word, to, to bring change into your life. Hold on to him so that what remains are the things that can't be shaken. Then he brings fire. He spoke in fire. When they crossed the Red Sea, it was parted. Pharaoh was, was coming after him, and there was a pillar of fire that separated Pharaoh from the Israelites so they could cross safely. So God spoke in thunder and lightning and in fire and in earthquakes and, and in the wind. He spoke in these, in these ways and Elijah knew it. So when it came to him, the scripture's like, God, but that wasn't God. And listen, listen how, this is how God came in this particular time. First Kings 19, 12 and 13. After the fire came, a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. And the voice said to him, remember in a whisper, what are you doing here, Elijah? Now a minute ago, I, I, I told you the meaning of the name. I'm gonna read this again, this last sentence, with that meaning. Because I want you to picture what, this, what he's saying to him. What are you doing? Your God is Jehovah. I want you to catch that. He's calling him by his name, the meaning of his name. What are you, why are you running from a threat? Why are you hiding in a cave? What are you doing here? Your God is Jehovah. And for those of you who have maybe been running from God, who are maybe hiding, who are maybe in a struggle, who are maybe facing some serious opposition, your God is Jehovah. Your God is the God most high. Your God is with you. Like I said a minute ago, he's never going to leave you or forsake you. What are you doing here? Don't hide anymore. Recognize and know who is with you. God is with you. So now, how do we hear Holy Spirit speak to us? How do we posture ourselves to hear and to cultivate a relationship with God by his spirit. The first thing that we have to do is we have to lean in. We have to be quiet and lean in. Mark 6, chapter, uh, chapter 6, verse 31 says, and he said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. Sometimes we're too busy to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. You see, he's gentle and he's patient patiently waits for us to hunger for his presence in our lives. Being quiet before the Lord is more than just not talking. It's silencing the anxiety. It's silencing the other voices 
the, the, the fear, the doubt, the guilt, the shame. It's silencing all of those things. Putting away those anxious thoughts and then meditating on the word of God. Finding, getting into the word and finding an anchor that says, God, you're speaking this to me right now and I'm gonna meditate on it. I'm gonna repeat this to myself daily, hourly, minute by minute. I'm going to meditate on your word. We need to find a good place where we can sit before God uninterrupted by the distractions because life is happening way too fast. The voice of the Holy Spirit is the whisper. It's gentle, it's quiet, heard when we pay close attention. So we be quiet and we lean in. Next, we open up our heart. Ephesians 1.18 says, open the eyes of their hearts and let the light of your truth flood in. Shine your light on the hope you are calling them to embrace. Reveal to them the glorious riches you are preparing as their inheritance. When we open our, up our hearts to Holy Spirit and let God's truth flood us, then our hearts are cleansed. He cleanses us of our sin. He cleanses us of, the, of, cleanses us of fear or doubt or unbelief. The more we grow in our relationship with God, the more sensitive we become to the presence of his spirit speaking to us. When I counsel people, when I'm teaching or training people, uh, what I do, we're dealing with strongholds where the enemy has us kind of bound up. I, I speak about five areas, and the five areas that I speak are is unforgiveness, willful sin, unhealed hurt or trauma. I speak of generational iniquities, curses that our forefathers had that we are carrying on through the generations. And I also speak of mental strongholds, which is thinking a certain way that's contrary to the word of God. And I tell people, if we can find those issues out in an individual's life, we can cut out the root of that issue so they can be set free. And they can have the things move, removed from their, from, their, from their lives so they can hear God clearly and walk in new freedom. When I minister to these people, when I'm training these people, when I'm preparing for a message, I go through those five areas and I ask God to check me. And I say, God, is there willful sin in my life? Is there unforgiveness in my life? Is there an unhealed hurt or a trauma that I have not allowed you to heal? Is there a generational iniquity that I begin to walk as the dead man that I was again? Have I been cursing myself in the way I speak about who I am? Do I have a mental stronghold? Am I thinking a certain way that is contrary uh, to your word? Has my mind not been renewed? And every single time that I ask God to check me, Holy Spirit says, there. I need to deal with that right there. Eddie, there's a hurt in your life that you have not allowed me to heal. Let me heal that. Eddie, there's willful sin that you've begun to walk in. I need you to repent and get straight. Eddie, I need you to forgive. Eddie, you're thinking a certain way that's contrary to how my word is causing you to think. Let me renew your mind. Eddie, I've already broken off that gener generational iniquity. Repent and turn away from that again. And when that happens, every single time the Holy Spirit is quick to point it out and to walk me, to lead me through healing, through repentance, and through forgiveness. 
when we check ourselves and open up our hearts, Holy Spirit is more than willing to speak to us. We're quiet. We lean in. We open up our heart. Then we draw near. James 4, 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. James 8, 31 and 32, so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, in other words, if you draw near to my word, you are truly my disciples. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. See, it takes abiding in God's word. It takes drawing near to God in his word so that we can begin to be discipled. And if we do those things, then truth comes in. We're, we're flooded with truth, and that truth sets us free. We have to be in the Word of God. We have to read the Word of God. Listen, when you read the Word of God, the Word of God will read you. We have to listen to the Word of God, study, and again, meditate on the Word of God. When, the more you're in the Word of God, the more the Word of God gets in you. You grow in greater confidence in discerning and hearing the voice of the Spirit. We wait on the Lord. Isaiah 40, 31 says it this way, but they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Hearing from the Spirit of God requires that we exercise the fruit of the Spirit, patience. Holy Spirit is not moved by our urgency, but by the word of the Lord. He knows the story from beginning to end and will move in the appointed time. We need to seek his peace. We need to wait on the Lord, not leaning on our own understanding, but with an attitude we wait with expectancy. God, your word says, and I trust your word, and I know that you will move when you say you will move. And finally, we need to obey. We need to be obedient, and obedience requires that we act. 1 Peter 1.22, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for sincere brotherly love, love one another. In other words, act in love earnestly from a pure heart. When God speaks, we need to obey. Our faith in God through the Holy Spirit is evident when we're ready to obey, even when it's inconvenient. Holy Spirit empowers our obedience with great strength and peace, even in the midst of difficulty. The voice of Holy Spirit is the whisper. It's the whisper that by choosing to lean in, we open up our hearts, we draw near, we wait on the Lord so that when he speaks, we're ready to obey. As we begin to do those things, as we begin to, 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 to open, to, to lean in, to, to be quiet, to open our hearts and to, to draw near, to wait and to act, then we begin to hear the voice of the Lord more clearly through his spirit. Holy Spirit is God. He's a gift, a gift of God's grace to his people. All that we have to do 
is by faith receive him and be blessed by his presence. Be led, be guided into all truth. Our faith is a, is, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a walk. It's the foundation of our walk with God. We believe and we receive the Holy Spirit. Even though we can't see him, we can't touch him. We receive by faith, just like salvation. So that, that causes us to grow up spiritually. To learn to be more acquainted with his voice. Silencing all the other distractions. This is the advantage that God has given us. It's such an incredible advantage that he said, I've got to go so that I can send him to you. God is on his throne. Jesus is seated at his right hand. Holy Spirit is here. In this room. In you. Ready to lead you and to guide you into all truth. Amen? Amen. Stand up with me, please. This morning as I was speaking about surrendering your life to Jesus, there were some of you here that maybe have never done that. You've never surrendered your life to Jesus. You've never given him over your life. Maybe you're in this room, maybe you're there online. But the scriptures tell us that today is a day of salvation. God is present to save today. All you have to do is surrender. And he says that when he knocks on the door of your heart, if you let him in, he'll come in. And so if you're here in this room, if you're there online, I want to just bow your heads in for me just for a minute here. I just want to bow your heads and close your eyes. And if you're here in this room and you want today to, sur to, to surrender for the first time, or maybe you need to come back to the Lord, would you just raise your hand? I want to pray with you real quickly. Just anywhere in this room. Thank you. Thank you. If you're there online, you can put up the hands up emoji or the thumbs up and there'll be some people praying for you there as well. Here in a moment, we're going to pray a prayer of, of, of surrender, a prayer of salvation. And we're going to ask God to come into our lives. And we're going to do that as a family, as, as a church family, because we want you to know that we're coming alongside of you to support you, to encourage you. We have a Bible that we're going to give you at the end of the service. If you're online, we're going to try to get your information so that we can send you a Bible. Another reason we want to do that is because we want to remind ourselves that even though we have been saved, we never outgrow grace. We need God to save us daily sometimes. So I want you to join with me and pray this prayer for those who've raised their hands and those who are online who are surrendering for the first time or maybe coming back to the Lord. Repeat after me. Father God, I recognize that I've been a sinner. Today, I surrender my life to you. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lead me and guide me into all truth. Thank you, God, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give the Lord a clap off for him?